I think many times we get too comfortable in this world. And if you're like me, you know, there are fears that hold us back from having that opportunity to minister to other people. You know, I, I think sometimes uh, because some of us, we're too afraid. And I think also some of us are, we, we live busy lives. And we're tired, we're exhausted. And I think if you're a lot like me, and I do this sometimes, I say, you know what? Somebody will take care of that. I don't need to get involved. But I want you to consider that after this sermon, that I, to step out of your bubble. And don't miss that opportunity to be the hands and feet of Jesus. Amen? And so this morning, I want to share with you about a time when my family and I were faced with an opportunity to be a bubble buster and be a significant for the sake of these two young kids. Well, they're not kids anymore. Several years ago, uh, this tragedy uh, struck in one of our church members. She was the grandmother of these three um, young kids, and she was all alone. But the grandmother had a daughter who had psychological problems. And they told us that one Sunday morning, they were having this uh, argument. And that the child, the daughter, took her mother's life. So the kids had no grandmother. The only person that loved them, the only person that cared for them. You know, I, I can't imagine the pain and, that they endured during this season of their lives. They literally had nobody. Their biological parents were lost in this world. They lost custody of them. Several years prior to this incident. And so when we heard about this, um, I knew that they were going to be placed in this foster care system. And if you know foster care systems, it's probably not the best system. Right? And so they were placed in this temporary home for a little while. And then we were asked, hey, do you want to adopt these kids? And we're like, hmm, I don't know. You know? And we're like, hmm, praying about it, thinking about it, trying to figure out if this was the right thing for us to do. And this was an opportunity for us to step out of this bubble and be the hands and feet of Jesus. And my wife and I prayed, and, and I know there was going to be some, some dynamic changes in our lives. Our biological kids had to, you know, share their rooms. They had to share their, uh, their food. You know, the kids like to eat a lot. Uh, so they had to share the bathroom. They had to share us. And so praying about it and thinking about it, we decided to adopt them. And if I, if I would tell you it was easy, I would be lying. It was a hard transition. There was a lot of struggles along the way because we had to get to know them. You know, we had to get to know their struggles. We had to get to know them personally. And they had to adapt to us as well. And we had to rearrange our comfortable lifestyle for their sake. But let me tell you something. It was only through Jesus that we could have taken this step and burst out of our bubbles. 
See, when you live your life through Jesus, you realize that, that the sacrifices you make, it's really not about you, but it's about the kingdom of God. Amen? And it changes your perspectives and significance in life. Amen? Knowing that these changes, your views, it makes your place more important. Not on, on the eternal things of life. Not on the things of this world that are just temporary. I love 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 18, where it says, So we fix our eyes, not on what is seen, but, it was, but what is unseen. Since what is seen is temporary. But what is unseen is eternal. So what are we setting our minds to? Are we setting our, our, our minds from the things of above? Or the things from this world? And I think many, many times in our lives we live in this bubble finding excuses to justify our actions. We are inside this bubble finding justification why we can't help someone in need. Sometimes we're busy. We're busy in our careers, or you know, we're watching football, we're on the phones, calling our friends, Oi, hola, you saw my new house, you saw my new car. <laughs> Did you see that guy getting beat up? And we're taking our cell phones, we're video recording, Oi, que pelea, ahí en I-95. Except for those, uh, sorry, millennials that don't, don't call. You guys love to text, right? But seriously, you know, we focus on temporary things in our lives, and we don't see the importance of other things. So I want, what I want you to learn today is that we need to stop living in your bubble, that we need to get out, that sometimes we need to get comfortable with being uncomfortable. Amen? To live a life of significance for the sake of others. Yeah. Yeah, it's scary at times. Yes, it's uncomfortable. I get it. I'm firsthand a person that you can say that I've been through that. Yes, we have to rearrange our lives and be there for someone who has maybe lost a grandmother, maybe has lost a loved one, a son or a daughter. Imagine if we did nothing to help these young kids. It would maybe be, be their only hope. It would have been their only hope. It's the only time, it's the only time in our lives that we can be a witness to someone. Amen? Here's something interesting. That what we do for others will create this domino effect. Because what you do for somebody, you never know what that person may do for someone else in the future. And we create this culture of being the hands and feet of Jesus. Amen? But we have to set our sides, our priorities. Set our sides, our, 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 our fears, our business and life. Yeah, I, I get it. Man, we're all busy. I, I, believe me, I, I know. But we have to be the hands and feet of Jesus for the sake of others. And this morning, we're going to read about a man who, much like us, they go to church they read the Bible, but this man created this, uh, this loophole to justify his actions. I remember growing up, I felt that there was two of me. The first me would say, hey, I want a bike, but I can't afford it. 
And the second me would say, heal it. And the second me would say, but it's a sin to steal. And the first me would say, ask for forgiveness after you steal it. And I think many times we pick and choose what we want to believe and we try to justify it with our actions. Amen? So if you have your Bibles with you this morning, I want you to uh, look under Luke 10, uh, verse 25. And for those of you who don't have your Bibles with you, it should be on the screen. And it's a story about the parable and the Good Samaritan. So on one occasion, an expert in the law stood up to test Jesus. Teacher, he asked, what must I do to inherit eternal life? What is written in the law, he replied. How do you read it? He answered, love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your strength and with all your mind. And love your neighbor as yourself. You answer correctly. Jesus replied, do this and you will live. But he wanted to justify himself. So he asked Jesus, and who is my neighbor? So we're going to stop there. Let me give you some context of this, uh, this lawyer. He wasn't a uh, divorce lawyer. He wasn't a, a, a criminal uh, lawyer that defended clients. No, he was an expert in the law, in the law of Moses, the five books of the Old Testament. Uh, so why would he ask these uh, questions if he was an expert? Well, I think he, first of all, he wanted to justify um, his, his actions. He wanted to let Jesus know that, who is my friend? Is my friends my Jew friends? Because I'm doing it, Lord. I'm loving on them. I'm a good neighbor to them. But here's something interesting in verse 1028. In verse 28, where he says, where Jesus says, do this and you will live. Now, what does that mean? Is uh, Jesus being uh, hypothetical? Because his answer will contradict salvation by faith. But this is true because faith always is displayed itself through works. Now, Jesus does not, doesn't discuss how to be saved with this lawyer, but he says, hey, it's a heart issue. There's a problem with your heart. Because he's saying he wants them to understand that that he wasn't following the twofold commandments. Because he's saying, how can we say that we love God, but we refuse to show mercy to people? Because when we love our neighbors that are in need or people that are different from us, it shows that we love God. Can we agree on that this morning? Amen? So let's read in Luke 10, uh, verse 30. We're going to continue reading. And it says, in reply, Jesus said, a man was going down to, from Jerusalem to Jericho when he was attacked by robbers. They stripped him from his clothes, beat him, and went away, leaving him half dead. A priest happy to be going down the same road. And when he saw the man... He passed by on the other side. So too a Levite, when he came to the place, he saw him pass by on the other side. But a Samaritan, as he traveled, came where this man was. And when he saw him, he took pity on him. He went to him and bandaged his wounds, pouring on oil and wine. Then he put the man on his own donkey, brought him into an inn and took care of him. 
The next day, he took out two denarii and gave them to the innkeeper. Look after him, he said, and when I return, I will reimburse you for any extra expense that you may have. Which of these three do you think was a neighbor to this man who fell into the hands of the robber? So the expert in the law replied, the one who had mercy on him. So Jesus told him, go and do likewise. Amen? So let me explain to you a little bit about this, uh, this road where this man got beat up. So the road from Jerusalem to Jericho uh, where this man got beat up was dangerous. It's obvious, right? Along these 70 miles paths were caves and there were rugged paths that made it easy for thieves to actually hide in it. So that when this man was attacked, he was left for dead. And all his clothes, everything was taken away from him. So there were three godly people that passed by him. The first one was a priest, second a Levite, and the third was a Samaritan. And this uh, priest was a godly person. Obviously, just by the name, you know he's a godly person. And he would serve in the temple. He would actually go inside the tabernacle and do sacrifices for the Lord. But he was one of the three that simply just passed by this man that was dying on the floor. And then comes a Levite who also worked in the temple, taking care of the problems that would arise. Again, we see the Levite uh, just do the same thing. Walked by this man and did nothing. And I was uh, thinking to myself, like, what was your excuse not to stop for this man? This man was dying. You can see, obviously, he had blood. You can see he's on the floor, almost dead. You know, like, did you have a doctor's appointment that was more important? Did you have to go to work? Why didn't you stop? But let's give the benefit of the doubt that uh, he was afraid of the dead and didn't want to defile himself in touching the dead body. Because for a priest or a Levite to interact with blood or even the body will be a significant defilement requiring this process of him uh, purification. And I think sometimes, you know, we must leave this bubble that we live in even to risk something of ourselves so that we can show compassion to others. And so the next person to come down was a Samaritan. And so the Jews and Samaritans really did not like each other. In fact, they hated each other. So why did they hate each other? Well, the Assyrians conquered Israelites into captivity in the year 722 B.C. The Jews began to uh, mix with the Gentiles. So the, Sam the Samaritans were descendants of the Jews who intermarried with the Gentiles. And because they were not authentic Jews, they had this conflict. They hated each other. They, were dis they despised each other. However, when the Samaritans saw this man, this man lying on the floor, he had compassion. So the definition for compassion is a feeling of sympathy or pity for others, especially one that makes you want to help them. 
So this Samaritan had compassion to the point that he was applying on his wound by pouring oil and wine on them. So the Samaritans went beyond, like <laughs> above and beyond for this man. The Samaritans didn't say, hey, hold on. Uh, let me watch this uh, soap opera. I'll be back in a few minutes. Hold on, I got to go to work for a few minutes. I'll be back. No. He stepped out of his bubble and said, you know what? I'm going to help you out. I'm going to take care of you, brother. And I think as Christians, this is a type of kindness that we need to show everybody. Not just on Sundays. Not just on Sundays. It's who we are. It's how we need to represent Jesus Christ. Those who, are, who need help. You know, and it's not about following the rules. It's about having a relationship with God that changes our hearts to step out of the bubble, to love others, and to show compassion. Amen? So what were these qualities of this good Samaritan? Well, here's a few. He opened his heart, and he stepped outside out of his bubble to be a friend to this man. The Samaritans overlooked his own safety. Because he could have been killed. He could have gotten hurt. But he didn't care. He's like, no, I'm going to help him out. And I love this translation that it says that this man from Samaria poured oil onto this man's body so that he wouldn't suffer. He poured wine on the parts of his body that was bleeding to kill them, so to clean them. He used his donkey to carry him to this hotel, this inn. We also read that he pulled out two denarii, which were two coins, and gave them to the innkeeper. Just to give you some history, that one coin equaled a day of, of, of wages for a laborer for the Samaritan. So the Samaritan gave his two days of hard work and sweat for this man who hated each other. After the, after the story, Jesus asked the Lord, so who is your neighbor? He replied, the one who had mercy. Really? The one who had mercy? His name? Samaritan. Name him. You know what I'm saying? Like, come on. You haven't learned anything? It's a Samaritan who had mercy. So Jesus wanted the Lord to know that we must love everyone, everybody, and be a witness even to our own enemies. Amen? I love Romans chapter 5, verse 8. It says, but God demonstrates his own love for us. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. You know that Jesus loves us? Not because we, we share the same faith or we have things in common. No, he simply loves us. He made the ultimate sacrifice for each and every one of us. Giving up everything. He gave up his kingdom to come here to save each and every one of us. To serve us, to teach us. And I think many times we have to set the example. If we truly love God, then we need to love others and have that same ultimate sacrifice for our neighbors. Amen? Why is this message important? Because if we love God, it is expressed through our compassion for everyone. We have to step out of our bubbles, to love those who are hurting, 
people that we have nothing in common with. And I know that can be difficult. And people who hate us. And that's hard to do at times. And I think sometimes we need to stop what we're doing so that we can help others. We must, rest, we must represent Jesus through our actions because it's not about us. It's about the kingdom of God. You see, the parable of the Samaritan is about Jesus' most familiar stories. And the way that we usually, usually hear about the parable is that, is that Jesus' way of getting us to ask ourselves, are we willing to be a good Samaritan? To other people when uncomfortable circumstances arises. You know, I'm not asking you to adopt somebody. I'm not saying that. But if you see somebody lying in a ditch, or if you see someone that's gotten beat up, it's on the floor, bleeding, or in distress, would you, are you willing to help that person? Even if it means Risking your own life. Are we willing to believe that his life is significant? I love Dr. Martin Luther King. He said this quote. He said, the ultimate measure of a man is not where he stands in moments of comfort and convenience, but where he stands at time of challenges and controversy. The true neighbor will risk his position, his prestige, and even life for the welfare of others. You see, in dangerous valleys and hazardous pathways, he will lift some bruised and beaten brother to a higher, more noble life. You see, courageous people are those who leave that bubble of personal comfort and intentionally choose to step out into a place of conflict for the sake of others. And I'm going to leave you with this, uh, this story and the story is called the, the Vulture and the Boy. While looking through the, uh, the internet, I found this amazing story. In fact, it was a prize-winning photo of a child who collapsed on his way to this uh, food center in Sudan. This malnourished boy could not make the journey, and he just fell to the floor. In the corner, you see a uh, hooded vulture who stood at a distance waiting for that boy to die. Like, I'm, I'm thinking to myself, why would you let, like, why didn't you take care of this little boy? Like, why? Why did you not do anything? Because it came down to, to significant. You see, because for this photographer, it was more important to take that perfect shot than to help this little boy. I don't know. Maybe fear got in the way.
Maybe he was uh, afraid to catch some kind of disease. Or maybe it was lack of faith. Or maybe he didn't know what to do. The problem here is that he stayed in his bubble and did nothing to help this little boy. That's reality. You see, four months later, he committed suicide, this photographer. Some speculate that uh, he took his life because he regretted help, helping this little boy. I think many of us are in that same spot. We don't want to put ourselves in that circumstance. Or maybe some of us really don't know what to do. 2 Timothy 1.7 says, For the Spirit of God gave us, does not make us timid, but gives us the power to love and self-discipline. You see that it's only through the Spirit of God that we're able to have the power to overcome fear. The Spirit of God gives us the power to step out of a bubble and love those regardless of what happens, regardless of the outcome. I wonder what would have happened if this photographer would have stand firm in his faith or maybe would have shown some compassion. I think this kid would have been alive. But instead, his fears from getting this disease allowed him to be insignificant in this boy's life. My question to you, what are some insignificant things in your life that are stopping you from going to downtown and feeding the homeless? Or maybe what's stopping you from going to a third world country and helping those people that are in need? Or what's stopping you to adopt a, uh, a child that's hurting Is it fear? Is it because you don't know what to do? Is it because we're busy in life? Man, step out. Step out of that bubble. Have faith. Have faith in God that he will see you through these situations. I promise you. That he will see you through it. Are you chasing after temporary things in life or eternal things? Stop living in your bubble. Get out. Get comfortable being uncomfortable. That's our sermon. That's my sermon for, for, this, for this week. And I think today Jesus is challenging you to step out of your bubble and be a good friend to those in need. You see, the story of the Samaritan reminds us that no matter where you are, where you're at, where you come from, there's good news in Jesus Christ that is available. He's available to all of you. It doesn't matter what you believed in in the past. It doesn't matter the sin that you're doing now. That you can still have a relationship with him because he loves you. And he is a God of forgiveness. Maybe today, today's a day, because he can forgive you right now.
and you can start having that relationship with him. So I'm going to give you that opportunity this morning because it's only Jesus that can change your heart and he can change your perspectives and significance in your life. Do you guys believe that? So I want you to bow your heads with me this morning. I want you to bow your heads. And maybe today you want to declare Jesus as your Lord and Savior. Maybe you're saying this morning, my gosh, man, I don't know if I can love my enemies. Man, they're, 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 they're not good people. Or maybe you've never accepted Jesus Christ. He's like, I don't know. I, I don't know if I believe in this Jesus Christ. Or maybe you're saying, yeah, you know what? I, 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 I want to believe this morning. Well, simple. It's super simple to do that this morning. And that is declaring that by your mouth that Jesus is Lord. And here's what you got to do. And I want you to repeat this with me this morning in your mind. If you've never received Jesus, I want you to say, dear, dear Lord Jesus, thank you for saving me. I know that I'm a sinner, and I ask you for your forgiveness. I confess that you died on the cross for my sins and rose from the dead. I turn from my sins and invite you to come into my heart and life. I want to trust you and follow you to be my Lord and Savior. If you said that this morning, that you're deciding to follow Jesus, man, praise God. Praise God for you. Because if you were dying today, you will be in the kingdom of heaven this morning. And so what we're going to do this morning is that maybe there's some, there's some things in your life. Maybe there's some heart issues. And you're saying, oh, I don't know if I can love everybody. I, I, I can love my, my, my friends. I can love my family. But I don't know if I can love others that have done wrong to me. And so it's required of us. As Christians, we have to love everybody. It doesn't matter where they come from, their background, who they are, what they've done to you. It's a requirement for us. And maybe you're struggling with that this morning. Man, we're going to have some, our prayer warriors come up and uh, pray for you. Or maybe there's some things in your life right now. Maybe you're going through some difficulties, some hurts in your life. Man, we want to be there for you. We want to pray over you this morning. So we're going to make this altars open for you. For whatever you're going through, come up and we'll have some prayer warriors to pray for you. Thank you.
this morning for just our worship team, Pastor Rick bringing the message. Man, I hope you were encouraged by that. Man, I am. It's so easy to get into our bubbles, not want to do things that inconvenience us or make us feel uncomfortable, but man, the opportunities are around us. And, and man, I feel encouraged by that message, Pastor Rick. Thank you for sharing that. And, and we've got we've to represent Christ. We've got to burst our bubbles. And so that's what this series is going to be about. This was just the beginning. And so this, this whole series, this whole month, we're going to be talking about ways that we can get out of our bubbles and, and make an impact to those around us for, for Jesus. Um, if this is your first time at Renew Church, welcome. Thank you for being here. I would just encourage you to fill out a connect card. There should be one of these on your seats. Um, it just helps us stay in contact with you, be able to follow up with you, and just start to build a relationship with you. Um, and if you can drop it off at the welcome table on your way out, we have a gift there for you. Um, it's, it's on the house. It's from us. We want to give it to you. So I would just encourage you, if you're a first-time guest, to fill that out. Also, if you're not a first-time guest, you can still fill out the connect card because on the back part, there's some next steps here or maybe some things that we can help you with. So if, if you have a prayer request or if you want to talk to a pastor or you want to learn about small groups or just whatever the case may be, that back part of that small group is where you can fill that out. And we would love to be able to connect with you and, and help you out for any need that you have. Now for some announcements. Um, RC Kids, our kids ministry is having an event next Saturday. Um, so we've got 50 uh, zoo tickets for families and kids who want to come and hang out with, with Pastor Ricardo and the rest of the RC Kids family. Um, if you want more information on that, find Pastor Ricardo, find myself, and we can get you signed up for that and, and just hang, hang out and have a great day at the zoo. It's next Saturday. It's for kids and families. Also, that's going to kind of be the kickoff event to what's going on in the summer for our kids. It's our Summer of Heroes. So every single week, we're going to have superheroes in-house. So there'll be Spider-Man. There'll be Captain America. Um, obviously, I'm not going to be in the suits because I'm way too short and way too chubby. But that's besides the point, okay? We're going to have people who fit the mold being in these, in these suits for our kids. It's a great time. Um, and every week, they're going to be talking about a hero in the Bible. So if you know of some families that have kids and they're looking for, for a church or some kind of just engaging program for their kids, man, let them know about Summer of Heroes. We would love for them to come by and check out what it is that we've got going on. Also, our night of worship is on July 23rd. So if you, if you love what our worship team brought this morning, if you love what they do every single Sunday, well, our night of worship is just worship. They're going to be out here. They're just going to be worshiping. It's going to be a powerful experience. I can almost guarantee that. So I encourage you guys to put that on your calendar and be there for our night of worship. Um, and lastly, if you'd like to give to Renew Church, I just want to let you know there's a few ways that you can do that. The first way to do that is in person. If you have the envelope in the seat pocket in front of you, you can drop that off in one of the buckets on your way out. The second way to do that is to do it via text by texting GIVE to 
1-800-273-1165. And the third and final way to do that is to do it online by visiting renew.miami forward slash giving. Would you pray with me? Lord, we thank you for, for this service. God, we thank you, um, God, just for being here and being able to be encouraged. And God, just I pray that we leave here, Father, just bursting out of our bubbles, God, and trying to make a difference for people, God. I pray that over all these people here. And God, we pray for this offering, God, as we worship you in this way. God, use it for your glory. God, use it for the reasons that you want to use it, Lord. And I pray just a blessing over all these people, God. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you, guys. You're now dismissed.